Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Let me be perfectly clear, Speaker. There will be no involuntary job losses under our plan. We're standing with our teachers. All right. Well, that was the minister, Lisa Thompson, earlier today in question period. Needless to say, uh, the gauntlet has been thrown down, and now we've got the teachers who are upset. Uh, They see that these job losses, as they call them, will number uh, probably close to 1,000. Let's find out how this is all sitting uh, and where we go from here. The president of the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation, Harvey Bischoff, has joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Mr. Bischoff, good to have you on board. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So I understand, by the way, uh, there was a protest of sorts. Teachers were uh, urged to wear black for the first Monday back from March break to protest these cuts to the schools, according to the devastating cuts, I guess, is the way it's put. Uh, how'd that work out? Most teachers wear black. Do you have any indication? Uh, I, I don't have any formal indication. It's certainly not like we like we kept track. Um, from what I've seen, it, it seems like um, like a lot of teachers did participate um, but I'm not sure I'd characterize it as a protest either. I think it was a, a gesture of solidarity between uh, between teachers who uh, who are demoralized because they feel the government's uh, demeaning the, the value of their work once again, and so they were trying to show each other their support. Well, when Lisa Thompson, the minister, says no jobs will be lost, and she reiterated, you just heard that in the clip, uh, you beg to differ. Well... <laughs> So, so I mean, I, I think she's deliberately obfuscating the issue here. She says nobody will involuntarily lose a job, and and so if we take her at her word on that, fine. But she's still saying that by attrition, there's going to be well over five. In fact, we're looking at probably now over six thousand secondary school teachers' jobs lost in the province. Those positions. Um, four years out from now. So although there won't be individual pink slips, layoff notices issued by attrition, we're going to lose uh, about one in five teaching positions that currently exist in the province. Right. Okay. And it's important. I mean, uh, because we get to semantics, it's positions because they won't be filled through resignations and whatever attrition uh, implies. So the class size, secondary class size goes on average to 28 from 22. Uh, is there any evidence that supports that this is going to diminish the educational experience for the students? Oh, there's there's ample evidence. Um, I mean, I can I can cite uh, I can point you towards all kinds of research that has demonstrated that larger class sizes lead to uh, lead to lower student achievement, um, and frankly, that's only part of the equation in this case because uh, when those class sizes are uh, sorry when those when those uh, when, when you lose those positions through attrition you're going to lose uh, the ability to offer all kinds of smaller programs. So, so the fact that the class size right now is at 22 to 1, or the class size average, um, means that you can offer the, you know, the dance program or the, or the, the, you know, the smaller enroll- enrollment program, like a senior physics class that doesn't attract the attention of a lot of kids but is critical to some of them. Um, you'll lose both the expertise in the, in the schools where you know, the French teacher happens to be the one who retires over the next four years and that position can't be filled 
um, and you'll just lose the ability to to offer some of those smaller, more specialized programs as well because of the the, the change in the number of staff. Well, actually, just before you uh, joined us, we did get a call from a shop teacher who claimed that uh, while the class size is to average 22 at present, he's got 24 kids, and he thinks that even that's become onerous to uh, manage, you know, safety and everything with machinery and so on and so forth. Do any classes uh, or certain uh, parts of the curriculum get special dispensation or accommodation for those kinds of considerations? Well, they do. And in fact, that's what will drive other class sizes up so much when the the class size average is increased. So that shop teacher, you know, those technology teachers, they're absolutely right. If you're in a construction or a manufacturing technology uh, course with equipment, you you just can't afford to have too many kids in there or, or their safety is is jeopardized. There are other classes where the number of workstations or, you know, computers, for example, or in a cosmetology class, um, there's a fixed number. You can't increase that number. So in order to offset that, other classes are going to go to 40. They're going to go to, going to, go to 45 in order to still meet that average. Yeah, and my understanding, too, is uh, ultimately within that four-year time frame that the government set out, 2020 and uh, 21, students are going to be required to take four of their 30 high school credits, one per year through online learning. Uh, but isn't that an inevitability? They're doing so much online these days anyway? Well, I, I, it, sh- it ought not to be an inevitability. I mean, what we've seen is online courses provide value for certain circumstances and for certain kinds of students. So, there are kids in remote and rural areas for whom it's hard to get access to certain kind of programs. Great if they can get it online. Um, and, but by and large, it's really a, a kind of second best option. The best option is a, a kid in front of a teacher. And, you know, for those of us who have spent a long time working with teenagers and probably for all those parents who have raised teenagers, they'll be aware that not all kids at that age are, are self-motivated, self-starters, uh, ready to, to take on those kinds of challenges without somebody uh, there supporting, encouraging, cajoling if that's required. Um, and we see that play out in the, in the credit accumulation rates for kids in online courses. They tend to be very low. The number of kids who starts uh, a, an online class is much higher than the number of kids who comes out the other end with a credit. But what do we do in the province? Many precincts are seeing uh, lower school enrollment. It's dropping. And uh, how do we address that? I mean, if the school enrollment is dropping, shouldn't uh, the teachers, the number of teachers or positions commensurate to that drop as well? That's always been the case, in fact. So, so no question about that. So what, what you have right now is a, is a funding formula that generates one teacher for every 22 students. Fair enough. The numbers of teachers have declined um, by virtue of, uh, by virtue of uh, declining enrollment over the last uh, decade or so. We're just turning the corner in the province on that declining enrollment um, uh, overall. Um, and, and we expect our numbers to float with the number of kids uh, that's enrolled in any given year. Nothing unusual about that. The difference here is changing that ratio from 22 to 1 to 28 to 1. And the minister uh, says she's still holding consultations with family, staff, and school boards. Yeah, I mean, un- unfortunately, I find the minister's claims to consultation uh, rather hollow. We, um, look, I, she, she came to meet with me for 30 minutes once since uh, she was assigned to her, por- her portfolio. I represent 70,000 education workers from early childhood educators to university support staff, along with the public secondary teachers, of course. 
um, and 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 have offered repeatedly to her and and to the government that we would be positive partners in in terms of of advising around education policy making. She's not interested in our input, and I think that's I think that's most unfortunate. So to come out with an announcement that there's going to be 1.4 billion dollars in cuts from the education budget over the next four years, but we're going to consult doesn't feel to us very genuine. All right. Uh, we'll leave you on that note. I appreciate it. I'm sure, as I said earlier, you know, the gauntlet has been thrown down now and uh, where this is all going, there uh, may be heady days ahead because this is uh, now not going to be settled anytime soon. Uh, I'm guessing anyway. What's your sense for it? I mean, is there going to be militancy as far as the unions are concerned here with the uh, government on the uh, education file? I feel and I know my members feel like we will have an ethical obligation to push back against a government that's undermining quality public education in this province. So uh, if militancy is the uh, most effective route, then that's a road that we are willing to go down in order to um, support what we see as the future of Ontario. You're not animating wildcat strikes or anything like that, are you? I've I've, uh, not suggested uh, nor supported the idea of illegal strikes, um, which is what a wildcat is. Um, So, you know, there is a labor relations process in Ontario. It's it's reasonably robust and reasonably well balanced. And uh, and I'm not suggesting anything outside of the legitimate labor relations uh, process. When's the next contract come up? So our our contracts uh, expire on August the 31st of this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, batten down the hatches. I appreciate you joining us this afternoon. I'm sure we'll talk again. Yeah, thanks for your time. You got it. Harvey Bischoff, the president of the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 